0: Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Amen, amen. Thank God for His Word, and Spirit, and for His people. We're so glad you're here today. It's so good to see everybody at the house of God. It really is. We've added 12 rows, with still social distancing rows were about eight feet apart. We've some of our rows toward the back. We scoot them a little bit closer. Still social distancing level and added 12 rows. But look here. There's a, every every row has somebody in it today. Aren't you glad for the people of God? Amen. Thank you for being faithful. The book of Psalms, chapter 103, and uh, I don't like it. I don't like it, but I do think that a um, it's another barrier to help us not spread. And uh, I, I've had several several people, friends, great connections, you know, fear that it's a government thing. And let, let me let me just say to you, and I think that, and I don't wear a mask everywhere I go. depending on where I go, but. I try to, if I'm going to be around people, close proximity, I try to have a mask on. And uh, not because I feel like I'm fearful, I just feel for me it's careful. And uh, I'm not telling you to wear a mask when you're in the house of God, worshiping in some will and it's fine. But, you know, when you get so much distance, you're sort of breathing on each other. And I'm going to tell you what I want to do. I want to just say, forget it. Let's just have church. Get everybody in here. Don't clap your hands. Don't clap your hands. Because that's, that, that's what I want to do, but that's not wise. I've got I've got great friends that sort of had in their local governments that no restrictions, and so they just opened up as normal. And they've had a lot of outbreaks of COVID nineteen. And uh, you know, the statements are things like this. Well, the death rate's not what it was. Well, we don't want just we don't want you just not to die. We don't want you to be sick either. And one of my good friends, he said, he has it right now. And he said, man, if you've ever had a sunburn inside your body that lasts for one week, 24 hours a day, it's what it felt like. He says, extremely sick. And and, and it is. I'm just asking you to be safe. And we're still phase one. And a lot of great churches have, have had major outbreaks. We don't want to do that. We want to have communal gathering. I've seen some people because they can't, weren't here. They got discouraged and are no longer... Walking with God because they're young in the Lord, and and uh, that troubled me. We were excited to open back up, and, and I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I'm just trying to tell you to be safe, to be safe. And, you know, before COVID-19, you know some churches had to shut down because of flus and things like that, and uh, and we would say things like "Don't shake hands" and you know "Don't do that because of the flu," and and that was going on even before COVID-19 for years. I just think that right now it's it's there it's an uptick and probably shouldn't be shaking people's hand, hands and hugging their neck unless you're with them every day already you know all your husbands can hug your wives amen yeah she might appreciate that and vice versa but what I'm saying is we just have to be careful most of all I, I don't where I see the major effect is on our seniors and we don't want that to happen either can there be an amen and uh, just you know be careful be safe. Be cognizant and aware around you. Let's not be careless. You know, you should see in my position, I've got people on this side of me that uh, are so holy, they'll never get COVID-19. And, and uh, you know, got somebody over here that... that ex- can be some level of extreme. I'm, I'm trying to be moderate in everything I do. I feel we've been safe. I've had people that have attended our church and attended other church, and they've called me and said, Thank you for being safe. Thank you for having restrictions and things of that nature. And because we went places and there was absolutely no social distancing, and I didn't feel safe. I'm trying to be safe, I'm trying to be wise. And we all help, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I'm doing this and so looking at the whole flock, not just one family, one individual, one group, but. Thinking about everybody, and what a great crowd's here today! And thank you for being at the house of God. We want to be—we want to be safe. Can you say Amen? amen. And uh, there's every hour, and, and let me tell you where we're going. There's a great harvest among our city. There's a great harvest. God's going to touch a lot of lives and a lot of people, but we got to be wise. We got to be wise on how we do this. Hey, it's the end time, Pastor Gators. Sorry, this is it. This is the last call. I'm convinced of it with all of my heart. But the hand of God is reaching far, touching many, many people. I'm so glad he touched me, as my grandmother said. He touched me. Would you lift your hands and ask God to be with us and over us, God, in the name of Jesus? In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, we're praying. We're believing. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Psalms 103 and verse 2. Psalms 103 and verse 2, I'm going to preach to you today about the benefits of God. You work for a company and you get certain benefits, you not just get paid, and of course that's a benefit, but they say, well, you get so many days vacation here. How many appreciate vacations? Amen. You work here for 90 days, you earn a week, and after you've been here a year, you might get two weeks or whatever it is, but... Uh, benefits you get some time off. Maybe it's insurance. You get health insurance. Maybe after a period of time, they give you some level of life insurance benefit. But it's a benefit because they want to keep you a part of them. They want, they like you. They they believe to be good to their employees. They're going to keep you a part. There's the benefits of God. It says, "Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not." Somebody shout all. Not just one, but all. His benefits. Are you ready for this? I don't think you're ready. Look at verse 3. He comes out of the gate with this one. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities? My goodness, is that exciting or what? That's a benefit. God forgives me of all my iniquities. I think you ought to say amen. Amen. You ready for for the next one? Who does what? Who healeth all thy diseases. Somebody say amen who redeemeth thy life from destruction. You were in a mess, and he picked you up and set you out and cleaned you off and as if it never happened. He just redeemed you. He, he made as if it never happened in your life. Somebody shout, he redeemed me from destruction. Oh, he goes beyond that. He pulls me out of destruction and crowns thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. All that fear is removed. All of that thing is gone from me. He's now crowned me, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Somebody say amen. Amen. Let's look on down. Verse 7, it says, He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and... Somebody shout slow to anger. Some of you don't believe that. You always think God's mad at you. Slow to anger. Everybody say slow to anger. And plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide. Means to scorn. Neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins. Nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. He did not hold it to my charge. He blessed me even when I didn't deserve it. Somebody shout, these are benefits. Aren't you glad God gave you benefits when you came here? Come on, would you thank God for his benefits before we move on? Would you do that all over the building thank God for his benefits? Hallelujah, Jesus. I want you to pray. there, there is. I feel today's service is very critical for somebody. I feel very, very stirred. Elders prayed for me just before this service. This service is going to be a little different than the last one, but I, I I feel I feel urgency. Would you pray with for Pastor and pray for our church? Would you do that right now? Would you pray with us in the name of Jesus, Lord? I pray for a moving of Your Spirit. Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Amen. I bless you. you. May be seated. God's been good to me. He's been so good to me. More than this world could be join me today. He's so good to me. His spirit came to me and gave me victory. God has been good to me. I won't complain. Sometimes the clouds hang low. Has it been good to you? I can't even see the road. How many's ever been there? I ask this question, Lord. (laughs) Why so much pain? Nobody oh, knows what's best for me, <laughs> even when I cannot see. God has been good to me. I want Worship Him. Oh, He's been so good to me. Oh, more than this world could ever be. Yes, He's so good to me. His Spirit came to me. And gave me victory God has been good to me I won't complain the Lord spoke to me and said the benefit that He really would like me to talk to you about today is the simple benefit that He hears us when we pray. To think that a God that has created all space, all of the galaxies that they are still discovering out there with all of its millions, even billions of stars, some of which in the star of our galaxy and we understand as, as the sun is some 93 million miles from us and a moon that is so accurate in its orbit we can determine exactly what day it will be, full moon or, or we can determine the seasons and the times because God in his perfection created us in this Milky Way galaxy with, with time and and seasons, and accuracy, and it's amazing to think that in the vastness of the galaxy that he knows me. The psalmist wrote, when I see the heavens and the works of thy fingers, I say, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou wouldest consider him? I preach to you today that even though you might not like you and you might not like your appearance, the Bible does say that we have been fearfully and wonderfully made. We are different than the dog down the street, and the deer out in the field and the fish out in the sea and that God made us in his image and not only in his image but God made us from him. You have to understand that when God was going to make the, the herbs and the grasses and the flowers, that the trees, that he spoke to the ground. And he said, let the earth bring forth the tree. And let the earth bring forth the, the flowers. And when he spoke about creating animals, he said, let the earth bring forth these things. And when he wanted to create the birds, he said, let the, let the air bring forth the birds. And when he wanted to create the fish, he spoke to the sea And he said to the sea, let the sea bring forth the whale and the fish and on and on. Why did he speak to specific things to create certain things? Is because he always created it out of its source. Take the fish, as Finn has done when he's caught the fish. Take the fish out of the pond and looking at the fish daddy I'd like to keep it and he's holding it he was just a little little tiny guy and he wants to play with that fish and finally I say to Finn Finn you got to throw that fish back in the water it's going to die you know and finally I convinced him after a while because he wanted to hold it he He used to say daddy that's a brother fish that's what he called it that's a brother fish I didn't know what he meant for a long time I I didn't know what he meant but he, he said that's a brother fish and I didn't know what he was saying, but because he had a brother and his brother was bigger, what he was saying is, that's a bigger fish. <laughs> he thought brother meant bigger. And so he would call a fish. If it was a big one, he'd call it a brother fish. And finally I convinced him, Finn, you got to throw that fish back in the water. It's going to die. You leave it out here. You leave it out on the bank and lay it in the grass on the yard. It's going to flop around. This bitch is going to die. But You know, and he finally get him tossing. Katunk, katunk, katunk down the bank. That thing finally land back in the water, you know. And... uh you 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 could take you could take a, the, the, the dog in your yard and put it out in the middle of the ocean, and guess what's gonna happen to it? It's eventually gonna die because it's not its source. Go ahead on on go ahead on uh, Valentine's Day, birthday, whatever it is, and you give someone flowers and you just you cut it from the you cut it from the ground and you put it in a pot, and you put it in the water, and oh boy, they, they, they bloom out and eventually. What happens to that rose? It withers and dies. They tell me if you hold them upside down and they'll last long or whatever. But you know what? You cut it from its source, it's going to die. What I'm telling you is that God, when He made man, He did it differently. When God made man, He didn't just form man from the dust of the ground. He spoke to Himself. Like He spoke to the ground to bring forth, He spoke to the sea to bring forth, He spoke to the air to bring forth. When He created man, He spoke to Himself. He said, Let us make man in our image that's why drugs will not satisfy that's why a job will not satisfy you can't eat enough drink you can't eat enough cheeseburgers you can't drink enough coffee to satisfy because there's a part of you that doesn't come from the ground it's called your soul it comes from god and you've got to have god to be satisfied Amen, amen. I can't tell you how many people that i baptize baptized or receive the Holy Ghost, they look at me and they say, I've done everything. I've tried everything, but nothing ever satisfied. But when he filled me with his spirit, I am satisfied now. I've never felt so happy. I've never felt so complete. I've never felt so full. Oh, if you think, you think for a minute a boyfriend, a girlfriend's gonna satisfy your spouse, it won't, only for so long. That's like the pleasure of sin. It might satisfy your flesh, but after a while it's going to be empty because the soul is empty. The soul is longing for something. Oh yeah, they tell me on the street, it's called chasing ghosts. That your first high is your best high. Oh yeah, it's the best high. That's why people get addicted because they're trying to chase something that made them feel a certain way the first time. But it didn't satisfy. That's why they're they they they're always coming up short. But i never seen anybody that has tasted of the word of God, tasted of his spirit. They didn't walk away and saying, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Oh, it's better than any drug. It's better than any alcohol. It's better than any high I've ever had. You know why? Because God will satisfy the soul. Somebody shout, I am satisfied. It goes and it says he redeemeth my life from destruction. Come on, maybe drugs have stripped you from everything that you've ever loved and cared about. Maybe alcohol has robbed you from the things of this life that really it should have been a blessing in your life. But can I tell you, not only is he gonna redeem you from the destruction, he says in verse five, look what it says in verse five of Psalms 103. It says, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things. Another translation says he will satisfy your life with good things. Listen to this preacher. What crack cocaine will never fulfill, the Holy Ghost will fulfill. What sex will not fulfill, the Holy Ghost will fulfill. What a promotion on the job will never do, I come to tell you one touch of his spirit will do it. There's nothing like the satisfaction of his presence As a deer panteth after the water brook, so so does my soul panteth after thee, O Lord. He is my source. That's why you're not satisfied in your marriage. You know why? Because you're trying to get out of your spouse. well you can only get out of God. That's why the job, the pay raise that you felt so good about, you you got a raise and went a little further in debt. Why? Because it didn't satisfy. Money in the bank the fourth vacation, another home, relocate to another place, won't satisfy, won't satisfy. It's interesting, the other day, I some of you know, I was talking about the pond, my pond has leaked since I built it. We decided to fix it, and we started digging a little deep down in there, and the how to shell came down to help me and my dad, and we, we dug down in the dam and got below the water level in the dam and found the leak, and we started trying to fix it, and it just the more try to fix it, the messier it got. That's somehow that's some of your people, some of your lives out there. The more you try to fix it, the messier it gets. Comple- sad, it just keeps leaking. Never gets full. There's a leak somewhere. There. It, it always empties out. Happy one day, it's gone tomorrow. Feel great one day, it's gone tomorrow. Cause you got some mess down in there you never dealt with. Got down there, he said, man, it's too messy to fix right now. We'll come back when it dries out. And Brother Howdy, she and my dad came up, and, and they started getting down. We drained the pond. We emptied it out. They made a statement. He, 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 he said, you know what, we don't know if we're going to have enough clay to fix it. We need to find, maybe get some clay from somewhere else. Maybe we truck some clay in to fix the pond. And I started thinking about not having a pond. Just make it back to a field, Brother Mealy. We just make it back to a field. And... He said, let me get down of let drought." And he said, let's, let's try to get below the pond. And he got that big, huge trico. Big bucket, about that, big that big arm come down and starts digging and throwing the mess. He got so messy, he got stuck down there about three times. My dad got stuck down there in the dozer. It was just a mess. It was a mess. But he just kept moving the mess and moving the mess. When he dug down and he got below the pond, guess what he found? All the clay we need to fix the pond. I come to understand sometimes you got to work through the mess and just get a little bit deeper to find everything you need to fix everything in you. Moving's not going to do it. Trying to find it somewhere else ain't going to fix it. Sometimes you just got to get a little deeper down in you and start moving the mess out. Say, you know what? What I have, come on, is really deep down inside of me. When God gave you the Holy Ghost, He gave you everything to fix you, He gave you everything to satisfy you. Sometimes you just got to clean the mess. Hallelujah! Come on, there's no room for facade prayers and facade praise, and come on, a fake front. Some people I've learned over the years—you know what they are? They're like a Hollywood set. They come in and oh yep, yeah, you go, you look, you you see the you'd see the old cowboy town and the walls are built and they got the, the saloon the saloon things you go through they got the little little general store you go through but when you walk from the outside in it's nothing behind the wall it's just a fake front and I'm going to tell you right now you can't have a fake front and get a real experience you got to open up and say here I am I'm tired of the mess I've been dealing with I'm tired of the dirt I'm tired of the leak I'm tired of the drain come on some of you feel drained all the time i come to tell you he will put my shot, I'm satisfied. When we grew up in church, we'd sing songs like this. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I'm so happy, 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 happy. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I'm so happy since the Lord saved me. Another week we sing, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Come on, The joy of the Lord is my strength. Of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The devil doesn't like it, but I don't care. He wished I was way back in the destructive place, but, devil, you can't take me back. God's received me into the kingdom. I belong to Him now. I'm not leaving Him. Yes, I'll have some bad days. Yes, I'm going to have some troubled times, but I belong to God. Somebody shout the benefit of the Lord. You have to understand that while you were dirty, he listened to you. When your life was a mess, he listened to you. When you were in trouble, he listened to you. It goes on down and says, the Lord showed his ways unto Moses and his acts unto the children of Israel. Why would he show this in the chapter of benefits? I'm going to tell you why. Because when they were idol, golden calf idol builders, the Lord was reaching for them. When they had idolatry in their heart, the Lord was reaching for them. When they were so consumed by Egyptian culture, unbelief in their spirit, but at a moment of desperation, the children of Israel cried out, Lord, and God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, get us out of this mess. And he heard them. He sent them Moses. He spoke to Moses on the side of a mountain. He let him be born for the purpose. They even rejected Moses. But God spoke to Moses through a burning bush and said, I want you to go let my people go. You got to understand, I'm not up here just fulfilling some pastoral role. I've come to stand before you to get you out of that bondage. He told me to come to let you go. Devil, you can't have them any longer. You can't keep them any longer. They don't I talked to Moses he said Moses he said put your hand in your bosom because Moses questioned him because you know he stuttered questioned himself he stuttered and whatever rejected And he said put your hand in your bosom when he pulled his hand out his hand was leprous oh God sign of sin he said put it back in there pull it out Just as normal as it ever been, redeemed. That's what I'm gonna do with the people. Because you're gonna deal with a leprous, sinful people. But if they'll let me, I'm gonna remove all signs of their sin. One of the benefits of God is understanding it wasn't when you got righteous that He bent His near to you. When you were a sinner, when you were leprous, unclean, unholy, not pure, doing wrong things. He heard you even then. My God, somebody say amen. And it says goes on, let's look at verse 8. Y'all ready? Let's do a Bible study. Man, I feel a breakthrough for somebody. I feel like today is going to, if the Lord tarries, the day is going to set your stage for 30 years of living for God. Come on, you're one prayer away from a breakthrough. Do you believe that? Let me preach what I feel. It says in verse 8, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger. Everybody say slow, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. Somebody say amen. amen. He will not always chide or scorn or correct, neither will he keep his anger. Why do you think God's mad at me? He might have been. How many ever made God mad? I think all of us. But he's slow to anger and his anger will not last forever. Everybody say, that's a benefit. (laughs) He hath not dealt with us after our sins nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. You know what that means? I shouldn't have any benefits. He shouldn't be good to me. I shouldn't have any blessing in my life. But he didn't reward me according to my mistake. He rewarded me according to his mercy. You have to understand that when Aaron was down there while Moses went to the mountain to receive the law, Aaron is down there helping the people build a golden calf to say, This is the God that brought us out of Egypt. How ignorant. But they were so cultural. That's the problem. That's the problem with people getting the world too long. They get so culturally ingrained in their thinking. They think like Egyptians. They think like the world. They're they, they, they they're consumed by the media that they watch, the movies that they watch. They, their mindset is just so based I on mean, it. They just came through a Red Sea. And here they are now, they're been a golden calf to thank the golden calf for getting through the Red Sea. They're so confused because for so many years, they've had Egypt all around them in their conversations, their ways, their idolatry. And here, here they cry out to the God of Abraham because that's in them as well this battle from culture and God they build a golden calf and Aaron leads the way and Moses is up in the mountain do you know while Moses was in the mountain getting the law Aaron was building the golden calf and while Aaron's building an idol for the children of Israel to worship God is talking to Moses about Aaron and how he's going to be the high priest of Israel He's building an idol for them to worship. And God says, yeah, Moses and Aaron's going to be the high priest and and, and, and it's going to set the stage for the Levites and, and all this. Let me tell you something. While you were wrong... In a drunken stupor, God said, I've got a plan for their life. When you were doing things that were against his word, against his way, he said, I have a word. I'm going to use them. Come on, Simon Peter, you're denying the Lord, but the Lord already saw that. But guess what? On the day of Pentecost, you're going to open up the word of God. It's going to change lives because failure is not final. Come on, there's a battle between you and culture. you got to get out of there and say, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to go do the work. I'm going to do the work. Somebody shout I'm going to do the work of God. I feel such a heavy anointing on me right now. Would you lift your hands? I feel something breaking. I really do. I am going to do the work of God. I am going to do the work of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come here, Gio. Last week you preached. Today you're going to be a devil. Ready? Uh, and I don't want no devil linking up with me, amen. Ain't locking no arms to no devil. Grandma, grandma, coat, grandma. Don't don't tear it. That wouldn't be nice. But you see, people say, "But I want to live for God." But you know, I just got this something pulling me. I, how many's ever felt that? Well, you don't look like two thousand of them, but the legion had thousand or two thousand. However many devils? But it's a lot of devils. And uh, but when he made his mind up to get to Jesus. Come on. What you have to understand is that as soon as I get the element of faith, you can't stop me. I don't care if it's 2,000 when you make your mind up I'm getting to him I don't care how many devils against you the devil can't stop you from getting to him quit using the devil as an excuse amen because to every man is dealt a measure of faith and where there's faith there's power come on I said where there's faith there's power I don't care how far you are away from God if you got some faith you ought to start walking in that faith I'm coming out of this situation I'm coming out I'm coming out Somebody shout, I'm coming out. What you have to understand, God wants you to be saved more than you want to be saved. God wants to forgive you more than you want to be forgiven. I've also learned that as a pastor. I want to be saved more than they do. I want them to be healed more than they do sometimes. You have to understand the mercy of God is toward us. Everybody say, it's for me. When there's a moment in your life, you say, I'm sick. I'm being numb. I'm sick. I'm sick of being bound, I'm sick of being miserable, I'm sick of being unhappy, I'm sick of feeling worthless, I'm sick of the confusion, I'm sick of every time I try to do something I feel like I get pushed back. I'm sick of something ruling me. Come on, there's nothing but the devil ruling you. Come on, there's got to be a moment. You said, I'm sick of the devil binding me. I'm sick of the devil coming. I'm sick of battling in my mind every night. You know what you need to do? You ought to get up and say, in the name of Jesus because I've got benefits. I I have benefits. I can be a long ways from God. Oh, but the name of the Lord is a strong tower that the righteous can run into and be safe. Somebody shout yes there's benefits somebody shout I've got benefits I think everybody ought to jump up to your feet clap your hands and shout I've got benefits I have benefits amen come here brother Derek help me this morning I said I've got benefits the Bible says in Psalm 68 and 19 that he daily loadeth us with benefits you know why because his mercy is renewed every morning I might have failed yesterday but today I got a brand new beginning when the sun come up this morning he got a plan for my life I said he's got a plan for my life it's not over till I wish I could break somebody's unbelief and tell you God's not done with you. I said, God is not done with you. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not over. I might have failed God, but it's not over. I might have made a mistake, but it's not over. I said, it's not over. I'm going to make it. I said, I'm going to make it. Clap your hands and shout for a moment. praise him if he's ever been good to you. I got another one for you. It's off the cuff but I feel like saying it. Here's one of the benefits of living for God. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. So devil you can get all your tricks out. You can get all of your weapons out. But I got more power in my faith than you have got in your arsenal. i to him. In my weak times, I belong to him. When I haven't done right, I belong to him. Clap your hands and shout hallelujah. You're not getting me, devil. You're not getting me enemy. me. You're not stopping me. I'm going to make it. I'm not going to hell for any devil. I'm not going to hell for anybody. I choose to make it. I choose to make it. Come here, Brother G.O. Help your pastor. The devil doesn't want you in the altar call. So that's why he leans up and he says, God ain't going to hear you. You know what you did last night? You know what you've been doing this week? You know what you need to do? You need to say what well, you don't understand. When I gave my life to the Lord the first time, I got benefits. I had benefits even when I've been when I walked off the job. I sort of have a pension plan. And I know I haven't been showing up to work for a while because I've been lazy. And listen, your big mouth too long to tell me I didn't belong there. But if I read the book while I was still a sinner, he died for the ungodly. If I read the book, I'm still a son. Come on, the devil should have killed the prodigal when he was at the crack house. But he had to drag him down. But it was too late because he came to himself and he prayed one more time. I wish somebody would shout hallelujah. Hallelujah, somebody shout, yeah. They should have killed Samson. They should have killed him when he was at Delilah's house and he was playing games with his consecration and he was making statements like, uh, he was making statements about buy me with green ropes, I'll be like everybody else. Buy me with ropes occupied every time. Weave my seven locks of my hair with a web and I'll be like everybody else. They couldn't touch him though. He wasn't doing right, but they still couldn't touch him. He could grab a Philistine soldier when he was playing games in the lap of Delilah who had been hired to kill him. Be seated a minute. Don't lose your praise. They should have killed him when she convinced him and she was going to break up with him. You know, let me just go ahead and tell you. You're dating somebody that says, tell me where your strength lies so I can afflict you. Get out of that relationship. See, some of you are in relationships because the enemy's trying to steal your anointing, not just have a relationship with you. you understand that she was hired, hired by the Lord of the Philistines to remove the anointing out of his life? She was hired. She was hired. She didn't love him. She was sent by the enemy to strip the call of God from his life. That's why some of you build dealing with relationship issues right now, I'm going to tell you why. Because the devil knows the prophecy of your life. The devil knows the plan of God over your life. And the devil wants to take you out. But he hasn't been able to because what God's, Done in his mercy has preserved you even in your chaos and in the midst of your destruction. That pit you got yourself into, God has preserved you even when you weren't right with him. You know why? Because when you can only see now and yesterday, he sees your tomorrow and your purpose and your call. He said, Shave my head. Shave my head. I'll be like I'm a Nazarite. I've never cut my hair in my life you shave my head I'm going to be like everybody else you know what they did they shaved his head he wakes up and doesn't even know God's departed from him see sometimes God has to depart from you let you realize the benefits you had see God's not done he's trying to wake you up imagine every time you sinned you felt God you justified Samson justified his stuff y'all with me are you with me watch what happens he wakes up his head shaved all that hair that's never been cut trimmed nothing it's gone Samson the Philistines be upon thee why would you want to date somebody that's always setting traps every time she asks you where you strength to lie you, you turn around there's an, enemy, there's an enemy attacking you you see the devil is sly but he's also brazen and you know what he's doing. He jumps at it other times to try to grab, and he can't. He can't throw nobody this time. Before, he could have just grabbed him by the neck, by their feet, threw them. A thousand men, a jawbone of a donkey. Not this time. They blind him. They take him, they bind him up, blind him, put him working as a grinding meal basement seems like everything's over one day he's hungry he's sitting in a jail cell you know they didn't give him any food he ain't had fig newtons he ain't had anything he's sitting in a jail cell he's hungry cause the enemy will never satisfy you're gonna end up in a jail cell you play with the lolly you're gonna end up in a jail cell Listen to this preacher. If you're hanging out with Delilah, you're ending up in a jail cell. Bondage. Blind. Can't even see the revelation of oneness any longer. No revelation. But something happened. In the jail cell, he reached his hand upon his head. And the Bible says, how be it? you yeah, and not said that all week you might as well say it how be it <laughs> his hair began to grow is it possible if I would make a covenant with God again that mercy could show up in my life and all of a sudden they're going to make sport of him because the devil doesn't just want to kill you he wants to shame you drag you down as low as he can because you know what he wants to do he wants to mar the image of God listen to this preacher that's why all this drug stuff's rampant because it mars the image of God that you were made in wither you away and it never satisfies the devil said it's going to satisfy this is what you need, it's going to get you through stress I'm going to tell you, you can't unstress with anything but the best and that's him you need him to unstress. In his presence, his fullness of joy. Amen. I feel like preaching to somebody. Listen to this preacher. And all of a sudden, a lad is leading him. A little boy. A, a, a young man is leading him. Come up here, Brother David. One of my favorite people. Run up here with Pastor. Amen. I love this man. Touch of God on his life. He told me he's going to beat me at basketball the next time we play we're going to try, amen, you're going to try I'm going to come up like that and I'm just going to dunk it right over you, amen he said, I taught you that move <laughs> he said, lead me to the pillars grab my we gotta grab my sleeve and grab my sleeve right there and he said, take me to the pillars and he's blind a man that used to be the judge of Israel for 20 years had been led by a little boy, come on I'm going to tell you how to come out of this situation. you got to start seeing what somebody else sees in you. I'm going to tell you how Samson got out. He understood where the pillars were, but he let somebody else lead the way. If you are going to come out from backslidden state and come out of Egypt, you got to trust the eyes of somebody else. Quit listening to the devil and start listening to the voice of somebody that can lead you. I'm telling you, God has put me in your life to lead you. Somebody shout him coming out!" And he leads him, take me to the pillars. And he gets to the pillars and he places his hand on one pillar, another hand on another pillar. I wonder what would happen if we had a backslider revival and they understood where all the pillars were in the community. While they were backslid, they learned some things. They learned what would take the kingdom down. They learned the tricks of the enemy. They, they learned what made them fail. They learned what's making. And they got up with a witness of the Holy Ghost and said, I've learned some things while I was backslid that I'm going to bring back to the kingdom and tell the pastor and everybody, this is how we're going to reach our city. We're going to tear Satan's kingdom down. That's what we're going to do. We're going to tear Satan's kingdom down. And a backslider puts his hand on the pillar. He said, Lord, this once would you heal me? I've lost my consecration. I, I'm being what I'm supposed to be, but would you move on me again, that I can be avenged of my eyes. And all of a sudden, what happened in the camp of Dan, between between Beersheba and Zoreth where the Bible says in the last verse of of Judges chapter 13 and the spirit of the Lord moved upon him at the camp of Dan he felt a familiar touch of God and he began to press and what he could not do on his own he did by the power of God and the Bible says there was a greater victory that day than his whole life combined I don't care how you started but you got to make up how you are going to end this thing I'm not going to end in failure I'm gonna end in victory come on that's a benefit you don't have to die in your mistake you don't have to wallow in your I say to somebody get up on your feet and do the work of God I'm gonna try this again come on clap your hands and shout Come on, everybody on your feet. Everybody, 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 everybody. Get up on your feet and clap your hands in victory. I will not die in my dilemma. Do you hear me? I said I will not die in my dilemma. If I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail trying. Come on. I'm not going to die in my destruction. He's going to redeem me from my mistake. He's going to redeem me from the situation I'm in. I'm coming out. Somebody shout, I'm coming out. Clap your hands and praise it. Just remain standing. Come here. Come here, preacher. Why Why don't you lay right there? Bible says in Luke 16, that there was a man. There's a parable about a rich man and the beggar named Lazarus. How many's ever heard the story of Lazarus? Lazarus was uh, the rich man was buried and went to hell, and Lazarus did what? Went to heaven for years. For years we heard the story in a way that really was not written let me tell you how the story is written the rich man was the transgressor he knew the law he knew who Moses was he knew who Abraham was everybody say he knew better he wasn't right with God and uh, man social distancing just cripples my my stage props Brother, brother, Heine, come up here. Come here, brother Heine. Uh, uh, brother Jason Heine, come here. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, brother Holly. Brother, brother Jason Heine. And uh, come here, sister Jamie. He's he's with you. I'm trying to be safe. They brought him to church. Their family. The Bible says that Lazarus. Daily was laid at the gate. Standing. You gotta help him up. He, 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 you gotta help help him. Help, help him. He can't get up on himself. Yeah. Come on. Put your arm around him, around his neck, put your arm around her. Every day they carried Lazarus and set him at the gate of the rich man. Place him right there. Place him right there. he would beg the rich man and every day the rich man walked over him to live his life he'd come home will you help me I, I need some help I, I, I guess what you have to understand is he couldn't receive until he could do what this man was asking him to do that's the concept of giving and And God wanted something for him, and he would step over him and go back in the comfort of his home and live in the luxury of his life. And the next day, he'd been laid there, and they'd get over and they'd walk over him. Now, you listen to this preacher, and God dealt with me in prayer. Don't turn me off, I'm almost done. You know what Lazarus means? God's help or the help of God. And a man that was going on his way to hell had to step over God's help every single day to go live his life come home have to step over walk into the job and somebody gets hired that's an apostolic sitting beside you at work somebody talking about the church and you 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 got and you know I can't believe that how they you walk over you go to the restaurant and sit down at the table and somebody comes over and talks to you and it's a reminder of what God was doing and what God was doing and you got a family member shows up and you got something, you just walk back and forth. Lay down right there, lay down. Go ahead, Lazarus, you're gonna be Lazarus for a minute too. And sometimes, man, you, you walking all over it. Come here, preacher. Come over, preacher. And the preacher calls 15 times. Where you being what you doing? The preacher calling you and you, you ain't answering the phone calls. This one really bothers you, calls you at night. You think, he called me again. You got to walk over this one, walk over that one. God's help's all around you. And the, he did that all the way to hell. All the way to hell. I said it the other day. Go back home. There's a voicemail waiting. Get off work. He done, he done text me. He done, he done called me. He done. He's done. Reached and reached and reached and reached and reached. Wish that preacher leave me alone. You're going to wake up one day and wish you had that preacher. You're going to wake up one day and wish that preacher could come and give you a drop of water when you're in hell because the benefits only last as long as you're alive. But the day that you take your last breath, the benefits are over. The Bible says the dead man knows nothing. You don't have anybody reaching. The Bible says there's no labor in the the grave. You can't repent. You can't get baptized. You can't hear preaching. You can't sing a song. You can't do anything. And the devil's trying to take you down. I come to tell you, I stand between you and hell to tell you God's help is still here. I've done everything. I'm begging you to repent. I'm, I'm begging you to get right with God. Come on, lift your hands. Cody, lay over there. Lay over there, brother Cody. Go over there, Jill. Lay over there. Lazarus placed in your home. Placed at the work. Pre- a preacher placed in your city. Earthquakes. Signs of the time. The bridegroom cometh. The bridegroom cometh. He preaches. You step over COVID-19 the pestilence. Step over all the signs and the wonders and the preachers and people reaching for you and loving on you and family. I'm out of breath. I've walked too far. But I'd walk that far every day to get to you. A team of people laid him at the gate every single day. You go to hell, you're on your own. But I'm going to tell you, God's reaching for you. It's one of the benefits. He said, I'll never leave you. You might leave me, but I'm not leaving you. Don't you wait till the last day. Don't you wait till it's over. I feel urgency. I feel urgency. I feel urgency. Brother Tyler, very rare I feel the urgency that I feel. I was about 15 years old, almost 16. First time I got anointed preaching. I've been anointed one time. What anointing means is when when I show up in the pulpit and he meets me here. The Lord has met me in this pulpit. This isn't just personality and this isn't entertainment. This is the anointing of God. I already said it. They should have killed Samson at Delilah's house, but no, they wanted to shame him. You know what? The devil waited too long because he prayed one more time. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to pray one more time. The first time I got anointed, I preached something similar to what I'm saying right now. But I got done preaching and the Holy Ghost was on me. I even got so anointed, I stepped outside the pulpit like about that far right there. I was about 15, and I said, you better be careful because the mercy of God you don't know what's going to happen you might pull out of this parking lot today and die in a car wreck and it's over sure enough teenage preacher obeying the Holy Ghost and speaking what God's put in my mouth somebody pulled right out of the church parking lot and got T-boned that service boom were they okay? yeah did it shake their world? absolutely because the Bible says that now is the acceptable time. Today is the day of salvation. The benefits only last when you can still choose to receive it. What will you do with your life? Don't stand before God and cast your pearl before the swine. Said that's what I did with my anointing. Can't throw it, but throw that down there and put all the world over top of it. Lord, I didn't do I didn't do anything with the Holy Ghost. I didn't do anything with holiness. I was just gonna live my life. You're gonna stand in judgment. The Bible says that the wicked came to and fro from the place of the holy. And you hear me? Don't you dare stop by the church on your way to hell. That's why there's a church here and McConville and Gloucester because we're putting churches by the help of God to stand between communities and eternity and I come to stand one more time between you and God and the Lord said now is the time now is the time for the spirit of the Lord will not always strive with man and the Lord said what will you do with your life every head bowed and every eye closed somebody pray what will you do disobedience to God I've had to learn that you're not rejecting me you're just rejecting God the Lord's called you again to repentance you're here because God's mercy is abundant you can't get in the world what you can only find in Him Come on, if you're with family, pray with somebody beside you. Everybody in the room. If you're with family, if if they're in your household, you're with them every day, pray with somebody, everybody in the room, reach out and pray with somebody beside you. They stopped by the church on the way to hell. Don't do that. Respond to the help of God. God put a church in your life. He put a preacher in your life. Come on, reach out to God.